Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Welcome to Take 10. Welcome to Take 10. Uh, This is one of your hosts, Kyle Olson. Along with me is my 
partner in crime, Rob Cabosco. Hey, what's going on? Hey, today we're talking about director's cuts. So we have each picked five that we're going to talk about. Now, this isn't necessarily saying, like, these are the best director's cuts, these are the ones, but these are the ones that each of us thought would be worthy of discussion. And neither of us know what the other one is going to have. So will there be overlapped? Will there be arguments? Will we pick the exact five same ones? It's very possible. Oh, there's, I mean, there, there is a small chance. There'll be no arguments because no. this is, we, I, I made my list as I'm sure you did too, out of love. This, these, yes. are the, these are, these are the director's editions that I adore. Yeah, I well, I I, oh. well, I don't know if I go that far <laughs> because I I, I wanted Argument I wanted to show one. a little bit of a difference. There's at least one I put on here that I wanted to talk about because to show that maybe the director's cuts aren't always the best choices. Oh, mm, so look forward to that one in the future. So, oh, I definitely am. All right, yeah, all right. Okay, so let's all right, so let's let's talk about uh, our director's cuts five. So why don't you take the first one? What is the first on your list of director's cuts? Okay, so I, I I uploaded this one in my list digitally here. Um, this is my first one, and it's going to be an odd choice. Mm. It's a it's a fan favorite movie. This is 1999's Brad Bird's The Iron Giant. Oh, and if you say and you say, wait a minute, director's cut. What are you talking about? So there was a moment. I believe this is 2016. The uh, signature edition D- DVD Blu-ray was released, and in that is. I mean, you could call a director's cut, and we're going to talk, by the way, some of the movies we're going to talk about, they're not technically director's cuts. Exactly. Yeah, other I, things. Sh- I should have specified right. that, yeah. No, like, that's fine. We're using the term director's cut just because people know that, but alternate cut, I right. mean, like, there's there's been not, all sorts of different terminology, special edition, producer's right. cuts. Not the theatrical cut. This is, this is something different than what was released in theaters. Right. So here's the thing. This is a version that, and I tried to look and see if you can find it on digital. I don't know. I think this might just be Blu-ray, um, but... They there's a three there's just three changes to the movie okay so if you're if you're a fan of, of the Iron Giant you should be it's just there's a couple of more uh, lines of dialogue where Dean uh, this is Harry Connick Jr.'s character uh, is talking to Annie which is uh, Jennifer Aniston's character and there's a diner scene there's some alternate material in terms of a um, they actually had an issue with licensing where there's a TV depicted uh, and a commercial is playing and on the new version the commercial is for Disney's Tomorrowland attraction <laughs> and they couldn't use it in the theatrical because they didn't have the licensing to do it oh. and they ended up getting it disney played nice okay. and well, they were able to get it right. i believe brad bird went on to direct i think Bra- i the think movie so I yes think he probably had some friends over there e- exactly point. well and disney in general i mean this right. is then he went on to pixar you know so sure. i mean totally makes sense but the big reason why you need to watch this is that there is about an hour into the movie there is a sequence where dean um is sleeping in front of his television set and this is the moment where the giant is sleeping in the junkyard and the giant has a nightmare, and the nightmare gets broadcast to the television that's oh. in Dean's room. What's amazing about the sequence is, you it the nightmare is the Iron Giant's world realized, and you get to see the army of Iron Giants and them going to these worlds and destroying them, and he is part of this armada, and and it's this nightmare that he's having because he's thinking about what he was made for. As opposed to what he can choose to be, which is the entire subplot of the main plot of the movie, I should say. Um, what's really neat about it is it gives you a much more when it gets to the end of the movie. Spoilers, you already knew you were going to get these. <laughs> where he's like, you know, Hogarth is like, you choose, you can choose what you want to be. Yeah, it's even giving you more of the understanding that it is someone who is made for something, and they are choosing to be diametrically something else. 
And I think it actually it adds so much more power. And I believe in that sequence that there is even a moment where you realize you see the Iron Giant's perspective of Hogarth turning the switch at the power plant. So you understand that it's the the Iron Giant is changing his whole metamorphosis in terms of changing his direction of what he's going to use his powers for. It's all bent on Hogarth's act of mercy. So he sees it and that's how he knows, wow, somebody did something for me. I'm not, I wasn't built for that. I was built to just destroy and, and raise hell and just, you know, do whatever. Yeah. It is, it, it, it's not, you can't make that movie more perfect, but wow, it actually brings so much more meaning to the giant's journey. It's totally worth seeing. I mean, I already love that movie. That movie is one of my top favorites of all time. Just that extra minute, the minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, totally. Signature edition Iron Giant. Nice. I didn't even know that existed. And I say it's it's very rare that they they do that for animated films. Correct. Yes. Because of how expensive animation, time consuming it is, in that time especially for right. um, traditional like hand drawn animation. Like now with CG, I think they're I think they're a little bit too liberal with that actually. Right. Right. <laughs> Where they're just like ah, we can just re just re render it. It's fine. Well, and I think that was the Iron Giant. Where I mean, everyone knows the kind of story is Iron Giant flopped when it came out. Warner Brothers did a horrible job oh, yes. on the distribution of it in '99. Well, it became a cult classic, and I think like 2016, I think is when this came out. the 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 rise of the Iron Giant really yeah. came back. They were like, "Yeah, we can spend money on that." Sure, so much so that yeah. either Iron Giant not only shows up in Ready Player One, but he just showed up in the Space Jam New Legacy trailer too. So like, Seriously. he's now part of the Warner Brothers collection of characters. And I think that's oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it- yeah, uh, yeah it, make, it makes me think of like uh, very rarely Disney does special editions too. Like, uh, I, they might be on your list, so <laughs> I don't want to specify. But like, uh, you know, like they added a new animated sequence to Lion King. They added a new animated sequence to Beauty and the Beast, which is interesting because some of the performers weren't alive anymore, so it was right. got a little weird with adding in different voices and stuff too. But uh, I don't know. At the at the time, the, a lot of these actually came out at the time the DVDs were were king and and into Blu-rays and stuff too. Right. Now that that seems to be going away, and I think we're gonna lose some of that. So uh, that actually brings me to my first one. Because a few years back, I was shopping at a Big Lots, uh, and actually there was they actually still had some DVDs on there, and so I managed to track down the deluxe collector's edition box set of Troy. Oh. So, Troy as was a movie that came out and also was not a commercial success, uh, but it did okay. But it got kind of derided a lot. But then they, because DVDs were a big thing, they allowed Wolfgang Peterson to go back and sort of redo a lot of the things that uh, he had wanted that, that were originally in that they made him take out to you know make make it short because they just wanted it. I think Warner Brothers. You know, went, okay, sure, Troy and the, the horse and the people fighting or whatever, but this is a Brad Pitt action movie, right? <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much what they wanted. Uh, he's, you know, obviously Brad Pitt, not only is, he's on the poster, like he's the, he's the guy. And so I think people went in expecting it to be, I don't know, 300? And it, yeah. it, it definitely was not. So, no. and I, I really enjoyed the, the original Thing. But then when I saw the director's cut, I kind of then understood what he was doing because it makes it such a bigger, fuller movie. It, it has an extra half hour of footage, including framing sequences. Like, there's lots of things. People who are, I guess, fans of the book. I, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say about something that's older than, like, most countries. Uh, they... they 
decided to do the story of of Troy or the Iliad without having the gods as characters in it. So they're like, okay, what is it just from the perspective of men? So they sort of eliminated that. They don't have anybody in togas and beards like from above, you know, mm-hmm. setting down powers or anything. They cut all this stuff out. Well, when they had the director's cut, they add back in the people's perspective on that. So they actually have the priests talking about, well, I think I think Poseidon feels this way. Well, I think that, you know, oh. Zeus feels this. Like they have that as part of, they go like, okay, so they're, they're showing sort of the priests counseling people and then the generals not caring at all about that kind of stuff. I mean, it's like it adds another uh, layer to it. Plus, for a movie that has a lot of sex and violence, it adds a lot more sex and violence to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a theme, I think, in some of the movies. We've yeah, I think a lot of the directors kind of sort of like what what uh, would not go over well in the movie theaters, uh, the theater know, run times, the the, theater run times, and movie rating. I really think people should go back and and take a second look at this. I mean, like just. If you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you should go back and look at this because oh yeah, one of the writers of Game of Thrones wrote Troy. Like like before he got into dragons, he was still doing swords and sandals. Like it's the same kind of idea. So if you like that sort of blood and gut storytelling, that's right here. And this cast is still like the, it, yeah. this movie was out in 2004. It's 2021, and this cast is still phenomenal. Peter O'Toole in one of his final roles, Rose Byrne, Brendan Gleeson, Sean Bean, and he and he lives. <laughs> Brian yeah. Cox, Diane Kruger, Orlando Bloom, Eric Bana, and of course Brad Pitt. Um, it's I, I really think that this is it was overlooked. I think people sort of dismissed it really because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. But I find it highly quotable. Uh, it, it's got great action. Wolfgang Peterson really knows how to do an epic. Uh, and so, yeah, the Troy director's cut is my number one. I think it's one of my. I think I per, it has like that director's cut is in my like my top twenty movies of all time. You make it almost sound like the movie doesn't even have an Achilles heel. <laughs> Some might say Brad Pitt is the Achilles heel. <laughs> I was there. We go. No. Well, okay. Wait. That's an interesting question. Yeah. If you had to recast Brad Pitt, because that was what people I remember sure. when I saw in the theater. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's. I think if you look at, if you go back and look at the criticism of it, that's their biggest criticism is yeah. like, oh, that Brad Pitt is miscast or like not enough Brad Pitt or what. I mean like, there's a there's always a certain backlash when somebody gets really big really fast, and I feel like a lot of times yeah. the movies suffer for it because Eric Bana like is phenomenal in this and like nobody talks about him at all yeah. because it was well, all about Brad, Brad, right. Brad, Brad, Brad. Why well, I, I okay, you know what? Is it's my turn, right? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm going to go with well, I'm I'm going to go with one. I'm actually going to go out of order because I just have to bring this up because this makes me laugh. Sure. The movie the next movie I'm about to to, to tell you was a movie that I did not I bought on Optical Media, but I did not buy on DVD. Ooh. I did not buy on Blu-ray. Okay. I bought it on HD DVD. Oh, I actually bought Troy on HD DVD too, but <laughs> <laughs> so. And for those of you who are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, there was a format war, not beta VHS. You may not even be old enough to know what that is. Yeah. There was Blu-ray and HD DVD, and the difference was the Blu-ray boxes were blue, the HD DVD were red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what happened. Anyway, yeah. so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right to uh, Superman Two: The Donner Cut. Oh, nice. Now, yeah, okay, so choice. for anybody who doesn't know this, it, Superman 2 was the sequel with Christopher Reeve. Uh, this is the 1980 sequel. As happens in a lot of times with movies, Richard Donner, who was the director, they basically filmed, what, Superman and Superman 2 
like concurrently, right? Mm-hmm. And then he fell uh, out of good graces with the Sulkins and and I guess a few other people in the production. They brought in Richard Lester, who was the one who actually then recut Superman two and then completed the film. That was actually the theatrical version of the movie. Wow, Rob, this you're telling me that it's a really interesting. Shot a, a movie, yeah, a superhero movie. <laughs> And then a fell DC, out of grace, and then DC it was taken from movie. him, and then they brought in someone else to finish it, and people were unhappy with the results, and then he I, got to go back later and recut the movie? That's... Wow, his, that's... One of his movies is later on down the list. Don't worry. So, so <laughs> what I was going to tell you... So here's the deal. If you're, if you're familiar with this, it is... I, I mean, I certainly grew up thinking it was the better movie. I thought this Superman 2, released in theaters, was better than the original Superman movie. Right. And and plus, Christopher Reeve mm-hmm. is just amazing. I mean, just General yes. Zod, Terrence Stamp. I mean, just yeah. the whole thing of incredible. Or, yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Uh, yeah. Now, in 2006, they re-edited and released the director's cut. So that's the version that this is I'm talking about. What's the difference? A lot. Mm-hmm. If, if you've never seen it, you know, here's the thing. What's the big difference is it's a lot less funny than what you saw in theaters. The original version. Uh, definitely Donner was trying to play it much more serious, but I mean, in addition to a lot of different plot points are different that one of the big differences I always, when I first saw it just struck me was in the original theatrical cut, Lois is, 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 has a uh, pretty good idea that Clark Kent is Superman. She is messing around with him. They get sent on this undercover thing in Niagara Falls. There was a, a honeymoon suite. Like, bye bye baby. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Right. <laughs> And there's a moment where she is trying to trick Clark into into revealing that he's Superman. And there's a moment in the original theatrical release where they have this fire pit in the room. It's like a smokeless charcoal pit. He falls into it. Mm -hmm. She goes to be like, are you okay? And he's like, no, no, don't look, don't look. And she finally sees his hands and there's no marks in his hands. And she's like, wow, you really are Superman. And he gets upset and he's, yeah, he ends up being Superman. Do you know what the difference, do you know what happens in the original cut of the movie? I don't remember. She shoots him. (laughs) There is a moment in wow. the suite, she pulls out a gun and she's like, hey, you know what? Let's see. I think you're Superman and pulls out a revolver and bang. And the best part is Christopher Reeve, man. Yeah. Just what? I mean, he owned this character like nobody, I think, has owned a character. Yes. He he does this great reaction. And you can find this online if you, if you haven't seen the whole cut um, of this movie. He has this whole reaction of, oh, you got me. And he takes off the glasses and like, yes, it's me. And it's just like, oh, it really is you. And he's like, well, you know, you could have killed Clark Kent. And she's like, really? With blanks? And it's oh. this awesome moment that you're just like, oh, no way. Like, and, you know, I mean, there's also, that. that's how you'd play Lois. Yes. Oh, like, no. People. No, completely. She's she's incredibly competent and, and, and has really a serious side. And she's yeah. clearly thinking ahead in moments. Um, the other big thing to notice is like there's little things different. Like the the Phantom Zone doesn't get broken. I think what in the original theatrical cut, they, the, yeah, the bomb takes, from the Eiffel Tower. A, right. There's an okay. elevator in the Eiffel Tower. There's a bomb in it. Superman flies right. into space, and the explosion right. causes the the magic mirror of the Phantom Zone to crack right. and allow them to escape. This one, there's a uh, a missile. It's going to take out like Hackensack, I guess, and he redirects <laughs> it, and it and it explodes. I mean, there's just total different plot differences. Um, but another really interesting point is, is that, okay, when they, when they confess their love for one another, she knows mm-hmm. it's Superman. He takes her to, uh, the fortress of solitude. He, he sleeps with Lois while he's still Superman, oh. not as a mortal. 
And there's an interesting scene. This is the other, the only other mention I'll, you know, to, to say if you want to see it, because it, it definitely shows you a totally different take on this character, which, by the way, I hate to say this, a little bit more Snyder-esque than you would think. Donner okay. is more Snyder than certainly Lester was. Hmm. That there is a moment where um, Superman speaks to the ghost of Jor-El. And not the ghost, but, you know, the force yeah, of solitude. Yeah, manifestation. projection thing. She witnesses it. So Lois gets to see the interaction. Now, why is that big difference between the theatrical cut and the th- in the theatrical cut? He's already gotten rid of his powers. And he, the conversation he has is with his mother, not his father. Yeah. And the difference is, is that he, you know, the famous line with his mother is, is that mother, I love her. Right. The conversation he has with his father is, is that I deserve this. <laughs> it's a totally different arc of the character. Let me just say it's worth it's absolutely worth seeing if you if you love Superman. First of all, if you love Superman, if you love Christopher Reeve, it's worth seeing how this had a different vision for him and for the whole line. And and honestly, if that movie had come out, I'm not sure you would have had Superman four. You may have had <laughs> Superman three. You would not have had Superman four. Anyway, and that's and definitely would. Do you think we would still have Superman Returns? Oh, I mean, like Superman Returns is a direct sequel to the Donner cut. Oh, wow. It would have been a it had to have been a different movie. Yeah. Oh, because wait, Superman Returns is not is not it's not is it a sequel to the Donner cut? Yeah. Or the Oh, well now that makes well there's actually parts that make sense I mean, then on that. Right. All right. I mean, like, yeah, I yeah. mean obviously the Donner cut is also semi-incomplete because there were things oh, yeah. that he had intended to shoot that he never right. got a chance to shoot so he had exactly. to use some of the existing right. uh, stuff to uh, to go on there so i mean like it's not as pure as you'd like it to be but it still is it's nice that that's a that was a uh long sought after thing i'm, fi- I'm glad we finally got to, even if it's if it's slightly altered i'm glad we got to finally get that sort of version of it absolutely so uh, my All next right. one is interesting because it actually changed my opinion of a movie so I actually saw a movie, did not like it, and then the director's cut came out, and I thought, eh, all right, I'll give it a chance, and then ended up really liking it, and that was Kingdom of Heaven. Oh. So Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven is a Crusades epic uh, for in yeah. 2005. Uh, Orlando, this was another one. I think, once again, movie stars <laughs> causing more issues than they intended. Orlando Bloom was positioned to be a movie star right after Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. And so they put it on it. And so he's on the post. He, I think he's the only one on the poster. The, I watched it the first time. And it, it's basically like he is kind of like he's like a fictional character. And they have him interacting with real characters. So I watched the, the original theatrical cut. And I was like, this is a Mary Sue story. Like, this is basically just like, I'm just going to invent the perfect guy, and he's going to go in and show those crusaders what's what. And it was like, oh, God, what are you doing? I mean, it was you, you could tell this, everybody was taking it very, very seriously, and a lot of money was spent and all stuff, but I was like, yeah, this is, this is not really good. This is tourism, and I don't like this. Uh-huh. But when I saw the director's cut, which had, I think, an additional 45 minutes... Wow. suddenly it became a true historical epic and he's just one guy in the midst of all of these factions most of the stuff that that they add back in 
are the other characters. So we get to see that it's it's not just about he's he's our point of view character. So we're we're sort of following Orlando Bloom into it, but we get to see all the other factions and their the different sides of it and their different beliefs. Now, obviously, Crusades is a very controversial topic, and and there was never going to be a thing that everybody went like, yes, that was fantastic. It was a dark dark period. Oh no, but, there's nothing. No, it's all right, bad. and it, and and also it happened again and again and again. So yeah, this no. was just one of of many, but. Seeing it this way and actually getting to spend time with all the different people and all the different factions, all the different people who are scheming against each other and plotting and, and maneuvering and stuff really made it that much better. And once again, this is an astonishing amount of people that get in together. Not only do you have like Orlando Bloom, obviously, as lead, and Eva Green, who was, this was her first big, big role. Jeremy Irons, David Thewlis, Brendan Gleeson again. There he is again. Oh, Brendan Gleeson's everywhere. Edward Norton. Our boy yeah. from Edward, yes. <laughs> Edward Norton says, in, in a mask, you don't even know that it's him. Right. Liam Neeson. And then this is what I thought interesting. The further you're going to, and so that, those are like your, your, your top thing. The ones that don't get talked about are the fact that Michael Sheen is in this yeah. movie. Alexander Siddig from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yes. And Nikolaj Koster-Waldau from Game of Thrones has a big role in this too. Like, it's amazing the, the amount of people that are in there. I mean, it's, once again... Is I think almost it's three hours I think three hours and some change uh, when it comes out so like you might have to see it in a couple settings but um, I think it, it is if you are going to watch Kingdom of Heaven if you're on a Ridley Scott kick or whatever do only watch the director's cut the theatrical cut is really just um, Hollywood garbage like just stay wow. stay away from it sorry for the editor who had to put that thing together <laughs> but like when you when you see like the the full vision of it it makes so much more sense and becomes actually what i think goes from a bad movie to a pretty good one this is still okay i'm thrilled you picked this because i've never seen it ah Okay. Uh, this was in the early days of my child's like life. And oh so, right, uh, the, yeah. Like she was two, I think. I believe just, I was. I think I was working at a movie theater. Oh when okay. It came out, so yeah, then, like, no, missed, this, I got to see it for free. So. Okay, no, no, because this this was there's a whole couple years where I didn't see. Oh, I movies. know, I know. I've got right. a gap too. So uh, and as I, when I looked at this, it's is it a, is it called the director's cut or is it ultimate edition? I see there's an I, ultimate edition out. Oh, is it called ultimate edition? I thought it was called yeah. the 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 director's cut, but there, I know there's a Blu-ray ultimate edition, or there's there's more. Yeah, so why, that's it. When, when the director's cut, I bought it on DVD, so I don't know. Oh, there is director's cut. There's both. There's, oh, there there's is. a Blu-ray. Okay. There's a Blu-ray uh, Ultimate Edition. Wow. Yeah, All it's right. the, well, it's the is... one. It's, as I'm looking at the picture, it's the one that, in white. Yes, that's the. Oh yeah, because yeah, actually the the DVD was a four disc director's cut. So that's the thing is, really Scott is also really good at behind the scenes stuff. So if you are interested in really really detailed behind the scenes stuff, there's a great thing for for Kingdom of Heaven too. If you buy the. I, I don't know if it's in the, the digital extras or not, but I know they have it on the, the Blu-ray and the DVD. Uh, and also, just as a, as a side note, if you're interested, one of the best DVD-made documentaries of all time is the one they did for Gladiator. It's astonishingly oh. good. Like it's, a, it's as good a movie in its own right as Gladiator is. It's so, so good. Um, so yeah, so th- th- we, we should do another thing just about great behind-the-scenes extras because there's, there's oh, so many that, that might are be unsung. So that's a good that one. In the future. There we go. <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven, great pick. Kingdom no, Heaven, I want to. Yeah. That's going to be a summer watch for uh, for me. Yeah. so that's great. Over a couple of days. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, but if I can sit through four hours of snow, kind of. True. Yeah. Did you? I say I did. I had, it took me no, a couple I of days. To no, get to I that did. <laughs> I was going to say one. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't have four I'll hours admit continuous it. for anything. Oh boy. 
barely have it for sleep. Well, okay, all right. Well, then I'll guess go. Well, great pick. Yeah. Um, all right. Then I then it's time for me. I guess to cue this one up. Yes, it's it's Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Ah, okay. The the ultimate. Yeah, Right, ultimate, yeah, so ultimate they don't call director's cut, they call it the ultimate edition, but it right. is technically the director's cut. It is a director's cut, and I, and I realize, polarizing movie for people, and I know, yes, a lot of my movies are going to be are going to be superhero well, movies, sure. I'm sure. Um, and and there, there's a note on this one I, I did see where Zack Snyder did an interview where he said, you know, we didn't call it a director's cut because he didn't want it implied that the original was not his. Like, right. No, it's the ultimate edition, just to give it a little difference there. And this one... Yeah, Ridley Scott really likes that term, because he's done it a couple oh, of times. Yeah, even for his even own stuff, right. Even though technically, he's had final cut in just about well, every movie he's ever done. I can see it as both ways. I mean, you could... Director's cut, you could take it as, it's, oh, this is the director's version, or this is the director's special version he's giving yeah. you, like, under the coat. Like, I get right. it. It's fine. Um, and if you want to watch this one, by the way, Batman vs. Superman, and you're saying to yourself, I don't know if I want to watch it. It's on HBO Max now. They made a big deal about it in the in the uh, promos for the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Mm-hmm. HBO Max made this available, so you can actually watch the ultimate version of this. Yes, and I believe he is in the process or has just finished remastering it for 4K. Yes. So I don't know when that's going to be available, but I think it's going to be pretty soon. And I think, I don't know if that's they're going to put that up for streaming, but I know it'll be commercially available. Okay, now, if you're saying to yourself, uh, you know, why would I watch this? I, I'm not <laughs> sure if I liked it the first time because yeah. it, it was a three-hour movie almost the first time. There's a couple things that you want to check out. There is a whole subplot of Africa that has been restored into this, and you get to find out more. I think in the original version, the theatrical version, uh, Lois Lane is in Africa. She's, she's doing some sort of you know, investigative report. There is a photographer with her that gets killed. Well, in the in the Ultimate Edition, you are confirmed that that was Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Like, it was you, you had to know that when you saw the theatrical version. There's a whole thing that gets added into that. Part of that subplot is there's another character. Uh, I believe the name is Zahina Ziri. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole more thing about blaming Superman for... She blames Superman for the loss of her family. You get to see far more of the character development of why Batman and Superman are hating each other. Like, it just yeah. it's a much richer... If, if yes, if I want to say the word richer in a movie involving <laughs> Batman versus Superman, yes, it does explain a lot of that in. So there's a lot yeah. more interesting uh, setup of the lore of Batman within the people of Gotham. Um, you get to see the scene where Batman actually steals the kryptonite from Luthor, which, okay, mm-hmm. plot that was a plot point in the first in the theatrical version. Uh, Jenna Malone's character, which everyone was talking about when this movie first came out, right? totally cut from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Jeanette Clyburn. Uh, laboratory technician and what in the comics she worked for Star Labs which was a, which was a whole thing that they didn't like they didn't get to in the theatrical version yeah and Star and, Labs becomes very important in the Snyder Cut of yes. Justice League as well yes so they were setting uh, it up so, then oh no this is and you absolutely do I think I I think I've said this you know, we've talked on another another show about this mm-hmm. if you're into this if you appreciate or if you if you have a liking for this vision yes these really go together this this ultimate version and the Snyder Cut of Justice League yeah, it's a it's a seven and a half hour tome. Yeah. It's a yeah, exactly. It's a it's a it's a series of television. It it I mean, really is. I mean, it, no, that's exactly like that. A, you know, that's how you should look at it. It's a season of of Superman. Exactly. So if you're into it, this is the ultimate way to experience it because this is yeah. fully what the story he was trying to tell. Last thing, why would you watch the ultimate ultimate uh, version? Is if you want a little bit of Batflex butt, <laughs> help, help yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you any more on that. You'll just have to see it for yourself. 
So um, another director who is who's famous for multiple editions of his movies is James Cameron. And I think the most probably famous or controversial of his films that has a director's cut is The Abyss. Oh, uh, stolen. Yeah, oh, did I? Did I steal that from you? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah all right, that's good, like, though. Like, James Cameron is, is big on... on Figuring out like this is going to work in the theater and this is going to work for at home. Like he did, he's done it on right. just about every movie he's ever done, uh, and so he's got and and the thing that's great about his stuff is they all work. Like oh, every yeah. every version I've seen, I, I've seen like I'm like oh that was like Terminator Two I saw in theaters. Oh my god, that was amazing. And you watch the the director's cut or the ultimate edition. He has multiple editions of that too. And you go, oh yeah, that, that's really good too. And Aliens, I mean the same thing. Uh, even Avatar has has a couple different versions. Um, but the Abyss was interesting because. The first time it didn't really work, <laughs> and so when you got to see the actual true director's cut, and I actually watched the original director's cut on VHS because one of the first times that they ever put it out. Do you remember this? They put yes. it out in like a a deluxe clamshell with a gold foil around. Yes, it. that was yes. the only way you could watch it, uh, and it, and I'm sure it was formatted four three. Or maybe no, it was letterbox. That one was letterboxed. Well, letterboxed. The original one that came out was was four uh, three. Uh, but yeah, it, it, because so the original, I mean. I'm not going to recant the whole plot, but basically they cut most of what is gone is was the end. Like the there's because in the abyss is a lot of it is just basically about people. Like there's there's this extraterrestrial ET strange beings kind of thing going on, but mostly it's about the the human element. But that stuff pretty much stays the same. But it's the end that is totally different, where it's about humans being judged for their actions and then having to sort of defend themselves. And so the, the other one, it just wraps up really quickly and then suddenly everybody's okay and standing together and happy endings and helicopters fly by and credits. And you go, wait, what? What the heck just happened? Yeah, no, the original ending is doesn't work at all. Yeah, no. so now and the, they added huge special effects sequence of all these giant waves are going to destroy all of the coastal cities and then there's a sort of a... A trial where that humanity is put on, you know, like that Bud, uh, you know, Ed Harris's character has to sort of defend humanity to say that they're worth saving. Uh, whereas, like through the whole movie, you didn't really know if he would actually believe that or not because right. he's, you know, very irascible and grumpy and uh, nice things. So, like, so most of the guts of the movie are the same, but that it makes a huge difference in it. Uh, so yeah, so if you are going through and you want to watch the best, I would I would recommend not ever watching. The theatrical cut, I would say, just in your head, just think it doesn't even exist. Just watch the director's cut because that is the true way that story is. And you can like it or hate it, but like that is the the true version of of what I think that story should have been all along. That movie, you know, along the lines of sort of the thing or Terminator Two, like the Mm -hmm. whole like it was eighty nine. So you know, late in the eighties, early nineties, unbelievable epic epic special effects extravaganza. Yeah, but this. Is this aspires to be something much more deeper than that? Yes. In terms of the, like you said, the human development, the human uh, quotient of this. Right. Um, and the other thing about not only do you get the whole extra ending with the, mm-hmm. the tsunamis and everything else, you get much better cat- character development within characters yeah. throughout the entire movie. Right. And you know what else? I don't know if you know this. You you also get bigger credits. <laughs> bigger credits yeah there's a story about when i remember and i remember this too the credits are they read typeset the credits bigger for oh, some reason okay like, it's totally random like did they just do a different font or something no like it's just 
I, I don't know about that part, but it's just bigger. Like it's just <laughs> it's or, or recropped. I don't know what they did, but no, this movie is if if you really want to see if you want to celebrate late '80s, early '90s science fiction that doesn't end in a a, a wars or trek. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> this yeah. is totally something really interesting. Yeah, love it. Great pick. Yeah, uh, and, and stolen. Um, do you, uh, do you have one that you can? Slot in its place? Oh, yeah, no. Because so, I guarantee you the next two I have will not be stolen. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I don't know about that. Well, oh, well, good. I'm saying right well, the good, now, then I'm, I'm saying set. there's no way that, 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 that these two... Then I'm, then I'm safe. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to go back to I'm gonna go back to my superhero well. And, and I love this movie. I love this movie in the original format. I love it in the director's cut. Yes, it's 2003's Daredevil. Ah, I thought that would be on your list. And I got to say, and I, everybody eye rolls, like, listen, here, here's the deal. Yeah. Either you hate it. I mean, is the director's cut going to change your opinion of this movie? No. No, no not at all. But if you had any soft spot for this, mm-hmm. it is worth seeing the director's cut. One, yeah, it's it's far more closer to Netflix than not because the violence yeah. and the, the, the hardcore-ness nature of it is way shot up. Um, but there is a whole – the whole middle act mm-hmm. – far better flow like there's just a whole bunch of stuff transitions everything like they just do a whole better job of laying out the story uh there's better relationships there's more religion because then there's yes, the whole of course that that is thing. a vital part of of daredevil you exactly have no, and, to and have has it. to be that is that's yeah. his that's his backstory that's his st- continuing story and more matt murdoch i think that's no. one of the things that that really makes the big difference is you get to spend a lot more time with matt not with daredevil yes. no ab- so i love it for that and for you Coolio fans, yes. Hey, you get Coolio, right? <laughs> Coolio got entirely cut out. Yes, of, uh, he was he's in the he was in the first trailer, and then when in the theatrical release, not a frame. Yeah, no, like what the heck? And and it's just it's an interesting. Um, you get to see more of the the uh, what would I say the cooperation. Like it's much more. Inve- there's an investigation going mm-hmm. on, right? Like within the story. Yeah, look at you know it's and not, you it, get it, to see Daredevil drive a car. Yeah. Oh, which I mean, scary. Uh, no, it's look at if you were lukewarm or or have a soft spot for this movie. Definitely. If you've not ever seen the director's cut, see the director's yeah. cut. And if you would like to hear a deep dive on this, uh, I was lucky enough to be invited as a guest to talk about this on Silver Linings. So that episode, oh. I believe, is if yes. it's not out now, it will be coming out very soon. Uh, the boys had me on there. And so we talked about uh, the Daredevil and the theatrical versus director's cut, all that stuff for about two hours. So uh, we really well, got deep into it. So I'm not yeah, going to say anymore awesome. here because uh, I've talked about it a lot. And I don't want to have to repeat myself, but no. good choice because uh, obviously that was a thing that we had. We had plenty of things to talk about uh, during that episode. So very cool. All right, back to me. So um, this is another interesting one. I didn't actually realize quite the amount of behind the scenes drama there was on this. I just thought it was one of those fun larks that they that the company decided to do like hey let's uh let's recut that movie and put it out and see if we can make some more money off it but turns out it wasn't so before Zack snyder had justly taken from him brian helgeland had payback taken from him so the, if you remember mel gibson was like you know the one of the hottest stars in hollywood at the time uh this was well before him being pulled over and then everything falling apart uh, so he got to do uh, Payback, which was a revenge thriller, you know, based on the novel, and uh, and it came out and it, it, it did okay. Like it was a decent movie and stuff too. But I did not realize that uh, what had happened is that 
Brian Helgeland had submitted his cut and said, this is what I want to do. And they went, ha ha, no. <laughs> and fired him off of the movie, replaced him with his own production designer, who went back and reshot 40% of the movie, including hiring Chris Christopherson to come in as a brand new bad guy at the end and recut the entire movie, including adding in what all people love, a voiceover. Remember how well that worked with Blade Runner? Wow, I yeah. did not know this. I didn't either. It was like they, they kept it quiet, uh, and so they they did. And so, but amazingly, apparently, it it came out. It did its. It made some some of its money because you know at the time it was. And, and I say the original theatrical cut is decent. Like it's it's a decent movie, but they allowed Brian Helgeland actually to go back and recut it the way he wanted, like back to his original version of it, and they released it. And it's called the. Payback Straight Up Edition. So they didn't actually call it the director's cut. They call it the Straight Up Edition. Um, and so he got to do what his original version, which is a bit more grim and gritty. No voiceover. Um, it's it's a little more hardcore. It the like I said, the voiceover is gone. Uh, and then it has an ending that's that it's not quite as clean and nice and like like you know like it doesn't end with Mel Gibson like a bag of money under his arm like with the girl on the other one like walking off into the sunset. Like nope nope that's not how he. Dirty crime noir thriller should really end, uh, and so he did. I'd say, and, it, and this is what I'm, I'm interested. You know, make up your own mind. Like, you know, take watch both of them and see what you think. I, 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 I think the uh, straight up is a is a superior version of it, but like, it's not enough that I would say like, forget the other one. Like, they're very both interesting, right. but, and it and this almost never happens where you get yeah. to see the same movie through two different lenses. Because yeah. you know, like, how different uh, those two things are, just to sort of compare and contrast. Like they all started with the same, like, from the same point, and they went in different directions. That doesn't happen very often. So even for film fans, it's interesting to to go back and sort of compare and contrast. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's actually. It, it was I bought it on DVD. I don't know that it was been available anywhere else because I could not find it on any of the streaming services because they just put out the straight up theatrical one. But it's out there, uh, so it's worth tracking down if you, if you're curious. Oh, and, and I, uh, I know Mel Gibson's not, you know, the, right. the toast of the town at the moment. I and I acknowledge that, sure. uh, but <laughs> I think this uh, from his, his prior work before we knew what we knew. Uh, I think if you can separate yourself from that and go in and watch it, I think it's well worth your time. And okay, and just to add, because I I did enjoy that movie when it first came out. Uh, cast of great people: Lucy Liu, yeah, David Paymer, Maria Bello, William Devane, yes. like. Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I want to so, see that's. I've never seen this. I've never seen that version. I totally now want to see one that. of my one of my favorite genres of movies is bad guy worst guy. So oh, instead yeah. of having it be like you know like like the the clean hero coming into it, like you have a awful terrible criminal and then a criminal who's just a little bit better. Like I love I love that of just like he's not really a hero or or she in the, in a lot of cases too. It's not really hero, but. They're only a hero by comparison to the awful, terrible people that they're in, they're they're going after or doing things to. I that that stuff is great to me. Well, I, I remember the poster. I just brought it up, and I and I remember these because it was this. The poster was this great shot of of classic eighties nineties Gibson. Yeah, um, leather jacket, leather jacket with the gun drawn, and it says yeah. "Get ready to root for the bad guy." Right. Which Razor Ramon should have an issue with that, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, okay, sure, that's great. Yeah. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, good yeah. pick. 
All right, so I'm going to go to my backup. Okay. And now listen, I, I'm already going to ret- I'm going to scratch what I said earlier on in this episode, where I said I, all these movies we love. Yes, yeah. the bonus one. I don't love it. There's one great <laughs> moment in it. No, and, you're, and I, maybe you'll be surprised. This is the one I picked as my backup. Okay. It's it's the 2016 supernatural reboot, Ghostbusters. Answer the call. Oh, here's, interesting. Here's okay. why I bring this up. Okay. Yes. I went went try to go to this movie with an open mind. Mm-hmm. I was I was and I'm not going to say I, I didn't join into the the vitriol like I wasn't I mean it wasn't it it wasn't horrible it just didn't make sense to me okay yeah there is the one great scene where uh, Kate McKinnon's character goes nuts on the ghosts and the old yes. theme kicks in and it's an awesome orchestral <laughs> cinematic version and yeah. that I could watch that scene over and over again it's yes. amazing the yeah. rest of the movie I mean yeah. here's <laughs> why though okay it's and this is an extended cut. Again, is it going to make is it going to make you love this movie if you didn't like it? No, of course not. But I will tell you, the movie makes more sense. Yes, way more sense in a movie that didn't have a lot of sense. Yeah, it adds the sense. It, yes, it adds it adds more Kevin. Apologies <laughs> to Chris, Chris Hemsworth. I mean, yes, oh, it's more, Kevin, Kevin's the, the second best character in that movie. I mean, it, so there you go, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. like, there you go. You get more Kevin. Yeah, I think there's the puking scene with Melissa McCarthy with the. Oh uh, yeah, and the, uh, it's more. It's just more. It's just but more. Yeah. the more weirdly is better. Better being the operative word in that sentence. Yeah. That's all I got. You could, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot you could say about the ghostly, and, and maybe that's a conversation for another time. Uh, yeah, because yeah. there's a lot to unpack there. But I had this, I had a similar reaction. I, I, I went in wanting to love it, yes, uh, and then did. Of I, I, I kind of felt it was, it wasn't chocolate and peanut butter. It was sort of like, uh, you know, chocolate and and uh, I don't know raisins. Raisins. Yeah, exactly. Raisins. Like, why it, would you put raisins in that there? Don't necessarily taste great together. It was sort of like. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing, but like this, these don't quite jive. They don't quite match. But but Kate McKinnon, I still oh, say Kate, Holtzman yes. is one of the one of the best characters to come out from that period. She was amazing. No, I, and and when I'm saying like that scene, no, everything with her is yeah. brilliant. It coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. but for an extended for a movie yes. that you wouldn't think, you right. wouldn't even think that it would exist. It yeah. does, and I and I have I've seen the yeah. extended edition too, and I and I agree with you. I think it, it yeah. does add a lot. So I mean, there's like I said, I think a lot of the problems with that movie is a lot of scenes go on way too long, or like they they think they're way well, funnier than they actually are, and it was like you could you could just cut and, and except this, this for uh, with that, but except for I can I can watch Fallon's uh, sidekick Higgins all day long. <laughs> yes, in the headmaster's office, but you know I could do <laughs> without more discussions of one wonton. Like oh okay. my lord. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, but right. I digress. Nice. Uh, but the excellent choice, though. That is, like I said, that is that is definitely worthy of being on this kind of list. Uh, all right. So then, my last uh, one on the list is actually a movie that I think the director's cut is worse. Uh, so this is actually one of my another one of my favorite movies that they put out the original version. I thought it was phenomenal. I've talked about this movie. I've talked, if you've heard me on any of the other shows, I probably have brought it up because it's one of those things that I think doesn't get talked about enough, and so I, I, I end up being a champion for it, even though it, it's still popular, so it's, I'm, not, I'm not going for some weird indie thing. But then I saw they put out a director's cut, and I'm like, oh, fantastic. I like more of the thing I like, and I watched it, and I'm like, oh, I, I hate this. I, I hate it. Uh, and it's and it's a very small change, but it was enough to really make me angry, and also the fact that it has now become the default 
version. You can't find the original version now because they've they've sort of rewritten it to be like, no, no, the director's cut is the only version of this. It's they've Star Wars special editioned us, uh, and so it's the Descent, uh, a one of my fa- one of my favorite horror films of all time. Oh, so yes. the Descent is such a great movie because I think one of the things that 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 a lot of horror movies do wrong is that they spend so much time focusing on the monster that they yeah. forget about the characters. And so I know you can have Jason and Freddy and, and all that and tech and, and leather face and, and ghost face and whatever face you want. And that's fine. Like there, there is a place for that, but the real great horror films, the ones that resonate, like I would say like the thing, the thing is not the, the thing is not great because there's a shape shifting monster. The thing is great because of that ensemble of guys and right. that you're with it. And The Descent is the same thing. It is about a group of women who get together every year and go on an adventure together. And so that you get to see one of these. But it's the it's the interpersonal relationships between the women that really make it the best. Now, I'm going to spoil a little bit. Too. So if you want to see this movie, and I highly recommend you do, try and see if you can track down the original version. Don't do the director's cut. I'm going to spoil a little bit because it's the ending is what changes. The rest of it, they, they, I think there may be some little nips and tucks along the way just for violence and stuff too. But it's the ending that that is the big, big change that really, really pissed me off. So in the original version, like you, you've, it comes down to two women are left. Like they're basically they've gone through. They, they're on this adventure underground. They're they're spelunking. And 90, well, I won't say 90%, I'll say 75% of the movie is just the women surviving, just, just right. them going through having an adventure. It's only in the end when sort of like a monster type thing shows up and makes things that much worse. Like things were already bad and now there's monsters and it makes it that much worse. But by that point, you're in love with these characters or you're following their stories or you're in emotionally invested in what's going on. So it comes down to the two final women. So I'll, I'll, I'll try and lightly spoil and not get it. So it comes down to the two main women. And one of them had had an affair with the other one's husband. And so this is running through the whole movie is the subcurrent thing of like the two of them. And so when it gets to the end and like they're both going to escape, the the one who had been cheated on like basically takes out the one who had cheated, leaving her to be taken out by them and escapes on her own. Like she like like basically like sorry you know so like you okay. know like she takes revenge so like oh my god and then and then escapes so like so only there, so you get a final girl so basically one escapes at the very end and like makes it like oh like this thing and so at the end of the movie like she has escaped she's pulled herself out of the thing like she's the only one of this group that survived covered in blood and guts and all this other stuff like it and she gets back and she like finally she's gotten back to her car and drives away and then is like and is like sitting there trying to like what the hell just happened what am i going to do and uh, a truck drives by scares the hell out of her and so she rolls down her window and pukes you know just out of from the adrenaline and all this kind of stuff and then she and then as as she like sits back she turns and in the in the passenger seat is the woman she killed like basically like the, like like a ghost or a vision or whatever like ah! and like you know and then, and then that's sort of like and then and then she disappears and it's like oh and so like the credits roll and so the idea is that Yes, she escaped, but you know she's going to be traumatized for the rest yeah, of her life. Like she's, she's messed haunted. up. Like it's going to be. Right. Yeah, she's going to be haunted because of what she did and all this stuff. Like she's not free. She's just alive. Right. Ooh, wow, amazing. So I watched the director's cut. The director's cut does the same thing. She gets. She's like, stabotage, and she gets out, and she gets into the car, and then 
they cut back and then she's there with her her dead husband her dead daughter is there and so what you find out is that she dreamed that she escaped but she didn't Wait, so she's what? back in the cave and she's surrounded like her and she has one light and so the whole thing with the the creatures is that because they have no eyes they they they, they go back location so like any light is to us so she has one flare left and so as she's having this vision that she's with her daughter and they're having their birthday party on and she's like blow out the candles honey the- and the girl blows out the candle and it blows and the and the flare goes out and then the creatures descend on her and credits roll and i'm like screw you oh like wow. no wait like, there's a there's a certain final girl feel to something where with a horror movie like this you have to earn your redemption and there was a whole period where the horror movie went in the direction of let's just kill everybody right and right. i think that was one of the worst periods of horror like the the things that resonate that that people go is is when they fight and fight and fight and they get out. Like, you know, Sydney escapes at the end of, of Scream. Like, she gets, and she, right. you know, like, she survives and she has earned her her life. And same thing with all, all the all the people who finally, you know, Nancy in in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Like, she right. earned it. Like, she, right. she got herself out. When you just have the killer or, or even hostile, like, some random force, whatever, just, just wipe everybody out, what's the point of that? Like, that's so nihilistic. It so seems... I don't know. In my, this is all, uh, of course, in my opinion of like my. Let me let me put on my 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 horror hat. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, there's a whole period where like it was just like, nah, they're all gonna die. Like like everybody dies. Like bad guys win, you lose. Suck on it. And it was like, and so that was in that same time period. And boy, it just pissed me off so much. I was like, nope. She like even even betraying her friend. She earned it. She earned living, like no, even even, ho- even tortured, even yeah. you know nightmares. She earned her way out of that thing, and to have her taken away in the last minute. Oh man, come on! Well, it's and okay, now first, that's the only one you can get if you buy it on digital. Oh. That's the version you're gonna get. So basically, when you watch it, you just have to stop. Yeah, just she to turns stop. to she yeah, turns yeah, to the ghost out, and then just boom. Like, pause and then just fast forward and watch the credits. Back button, you're done. So. Because well no because the original is great because one you get this whole idea that okay the descent right yes a much deeper more complex meaning of that right so understood yeah. that yeah that doesn't help like you can you can only get away with the everybody loses like on every fourth night of the Living Dead movie <laughs> right I mean right. like you know yeah, the shopping actually, shopping mall implodes everyone's dead talk okay, about talk about director's cuts and Zack Snyder he did the same thing on Dawn of the Dead. Yes, the Dawn of the Dead. Yes, had, they got away, and it was like, ooh, like like they barely no. made it out. But and then didn't. the director's cut comes along, and nope, they all died. No. It's no. like, why? Why? No, like <laughs> everybody dies. Yeah, That's- like. I guess I don't know. It's like I like I like just give me a smidgen of hope. Like I, oh. I guess I just don't like a nihilistic horror movie but maybe this is all just you know my personal opinion of this too and so for for clarity's sake though i should say that that's the difference between the u.s and the uk release that's what that's what wikipedia yeah. says so like right. in the u.s this was the release and the uk got the other version and so but yeah but when you look it up like on itunes now it comes up as director's cut oh and it does not have the it does not have an alternate version wow yeah Okay, you're gonna have to sh- you're gonna have to share your other backup because we can't end oh, on yes. that. Oh yes, right. Was- <laughs> no, okay, yeah, exactly. sure. Don't end so, yeah, on that. That's just I was just the difference is of like it's not just about like directors should always have final cut. No, not always. No, like, no, no. I just wanted to have one at least that shows like you know it, just because more doesn't always mean more and like original ideas are not always best ideas. Yeah.
Yeah. So my uh, my two honorable mentions um, are one Waterworld. Uh, and I didn't even know there was an alternate cut of Waterworld until I was doing research for the show. It's Wait. really, really hard to find. And I, but I found one. I, but I haven't had time to watch it yet. So I just want to say I know this is out there, and I'm so excited to watch it when I have you know three hours to spend with Kevin Costner. <laughs> but yeah, so here's how here's how you can. So it, apparently it's an extra like like half an hour. Like, oh, once again. Wasn't Waterworld long enough? Well, that, no, I loved Waterworld. I loved I, Waterworld. I, 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 Waterworld has a real. I have a soft spot. I acknowledge all of the flaws of it, uh, but I still enjoyed my time with it. I when I saw and I went to Universal Studios, they had the Trimoran there, the and greatest, I took all these pictures of it. I was so excited about it. The Universal Studios show, the Universal Studios in California, oh, had a right. live action show. One of the greatest live action movie tie-in amusement park shows ever. Yeah, was absolutely incredible. Uh, Dennis Hopper, Gene yeah. Triplethorne. I mean, are you kidding right. me? I, I love mean, that movie. Apparently, uh, Kevin Costner and Kevin Reynolds, who who directed the movie, had a huge falling out, oh, yeah, and like right. that. And so I think this is. Kevin Reynolds then eventually got to go back and put all this stuff back in, so it's it's kind of like an unofficial director's cut because it was sort of like under oh under the radar God. a little bit. But there's an extra like half hour of footage, and I, I want to I want to know I want to see the the full expanded version. So if you want to do this, the only way I've found to get it is on the 4K, you know HD disc release. I don't even know what the official terminology for the 4K oh. discs are. So you have to buy the 4K disc, which has the 4K remastered version of Waterworld, and on that disc is an HD version of the director's cut, or the extended cut, I think they call it. I don't think they call it a director's cut. I think it's more of an assembly cut than anything else. And then also has a Blu-ray of the original Waterworld as well. Like, I was hoping that it would be on the Blu-ray, but it's not. It's on the 4K. So, like, luckily I have, a, I have an Xbox uh, that can run this because <laughs> otherwise there would be another way to see it. I'm totally, it's only $12. It's only $12. I know that was the other thing too. I was like, it's only $12. Great. Like even if I, you know, never watch the rest of the thing, I want to see it. So it's sitting right next to my player right now. I just haven't had time to go in and watch it. So I, I, I'm not putting it on my list because I don't know if it's any good or if it makes it better or worse. I don't know, but I want to acknowledge the fact that it's out there. So if you, any other Waterworld fans, you can uh, track this down like Rob is doing right now, adding to cart. Well, because I'm sorry, I love that movie. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I. I mean, I, can I tell you something? I hope there's at least like three more minutes of the skinny old guy who manages the <laughs> oil, the oil bowels of the tanker, <laughs> because that... more Jack Black. That's what I hope is on there. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And if you're saying, wait, what? Yeah, go oh, watch yeah. Waterworld. That's right. Yes, he's like the the second in oh, command. Man. Um, Dryland is a myth. Uh, so, and then my my last sort of mention, uh, I have to acknowledge uh, the 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 eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, King Kong. Uh, I really oh. really enjoy the Peter Jackson King Kong extended edition, uh, even though it really is a a multi day watch. Like <laughs> I don't think anyone should uh, should sit down and watch all. I think uh, that's close to four hours as well uh, of the because. Is it is it is it a good movie? I don't know because I'm so emotionally invested in it because I followed the creation of that movie from the oh, beginning. Like yeah. I like if you know Peter Jackson and you're be- I'm a huge Peter Jackson fan, so I've watched all the behind the scenes of all stuff done. That movie was extensively chronicled, uh, so much so that I, they actually put out a DVD of the making of it before the movie came out. 
the hype for so, the movie was off yeah. the chart. Yeah, so you you could buy like it was like it was in a notebook, and so you open it, and there's two DVDs in the notebook, and it was just talking about the pre-release stuff and the creation, and so they told the whole story of how it was like around about the time he he made. Um, Frighteners, like he was gonna make King Kong. It was available, and like they made maquettes. They did a, they wrote a script. They did a whole thing. Oh, yeah. they, they were ready to go, and then it all fell apart. And then he had to fall back on a little something called Lord of the Rings. So yeah. <laughs> he, he was okay. But then after that was clear, then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, King Kong's still available." And so they, they, they basically threw out everything and started over from the beginning and created the movie. And now, now obviously the movie has its flaws. It drags. Like they spend a lot of time on Skull Island. Like for a movie called King Kong, <laughs> they spend a lot yeah, of time yeah. not having King Kong. Like that. This is where my friend Lori always says, "Get to the monkey." Yeah, <laughs> because like no, it takes right. so long to actually get to King Kong, and for there's a movie called Kong Skull Island that spends less time on Skull Island than the King Kong movie does. It's I acknowledge not, that, yeah. but I, I still I still really enjoy that, and also really enjoy going back and watching all the behind the scenes of it too. But I didn't put it on my list because of that reason because I it's hard for me to like stand up here and defend it and say you need to watch the thing because I I, I get it. It's not my favorite Jack Jack Black. I I've ne- I think we've, we at some place some point in time we talked about this. Jack Jack Black's not doesn't do it for me in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, but this movie has been just roasted. Its special yes. effects is are so inconsistent. There is a sequence <laughs> where they're being chased on Skull Island by creatures. Yeah. And let's just say it doesn't work out so well, but you will see. You will never see a better realization of nineteen. What is it? Thirties, forties, Times Square in New York City. Oh right, yeah. it's on. Un, it's unbelievable. Like yeah, the whole last they twenty five minutes. Yeah, and also at the start too. They spend at least about yeah. a half an hour. Like yes, in, yes. You know, nineteen twenties, whatever it is. Twenties, nineteen twenties. Yeah, that's before Somewhere. the crash, I think. Yeah. Um, uh what a. G- yeah, that was my. Yeah, that was that was my. So that was there. You go. So there was our. There was our ten director's cuts. I hope oh, I hope well. somewhere in here you found some stuff that you'd be interested in checking out, or you maybe you relived going, yeah, I would have said that too. Like, oh, I love the Kingdom of Heaven director's cut, or you know, whatever it was. So, and if we were looking for, uh, I don't know, the Criterion version of Citizen Kane, this was not. This- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah, I, I saw a couple of those things, like the the. Orson Welles, they went Metropolis back to Magnificent Ambersons or whatever. Yeah, like, oh yeah, Brazil, Brazil was yeah, Brazil. <laughs> I, I, that was a, that's worthy of conversation as well. Just didn't uh, make my list because I hadn't seen it in such a long time. Right. No, no, yeah. I gotcha. Oh, you know, Good job. Of course, well, of course, you have to acknowledge like you know Lord of the Rings and that kind of stuff yes. too. I, I get that, but like we wanted to do some stuff that was a little deeper, a little uh, a little off the beaten path. I mean, obviously, these are major blockbusters, so they're not more off the beaten path, but. Well, thank you for having me. This is uh, yeah. always enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. We hope uh, you guys found some stuff that you would enjoy. Uh, we'll be back with another Take 10 talking about something completely different next time. And we hope that you'll tune in. End program. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic 
conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.